Chiefs minicamp closed on Thursday and all the campers, uh, football players, will scatter for the next few weeks. Chiefs beat writer Brooke Pryor and I discuss what we saw and didn't see at the minicamp and look ahead to training camp, which will begin in late July. This is Sportsbeat KC, the sports podcast of the Kansas City Star, and I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff. Before we talk to Brooke, let's hear from Chiefs coach Andy Reid on his quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, and we hear from Mahomes. Both of them met the media on Thursday. Yeah, just that, well, you said it, him being used to the program, uh, he was here the whole offseason, and then um, used to the offense. Uh, he was able to play faster. He's in great shape and um, and did a heck of a job. So I, I had a, he had a nice camp. He got a lot of reps, obviously, so he and uh, wanted those. And I thought, I thought again, overall, just did a, a very nice job. Uh, it wasn't just me, but a few of the leaders in the team kind of just talked to the guys and told them that we're not going backwards when we get to training camp. When we get to training camp, you, you want to make sure you're adding on and you're, and you're getting better every single day, and you don't want to lose all the stuff that you've worked for in these OTAs and the mini camp. And I feel like that's what we've kind of really kind of emphasized to the whole entire team is go out, enjoy the break, get some time off because you're going to need it, uh, especially going into this long season. But make sure you come back ready to go the first day and we don't have to kind of build into that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it gets repetitive with me saying it, but my footwork, uh, I make a lot of off-scheduled plays, uh, scrambling around and throwing the ball, uh, but there's just there's so many little plays that, I, that I, I'll miss just because my feet are in the right position and I rely too much on my arm. Uh, that's, that's one thing that I repetitively have to work on. And then deciding when and when not to take chances, uh, that, that's another one where I've had a lot of big plays happen, and then I've, I've had plays where I've thrown interceptions where I'm trying to force it a little bit too much. And so those two things are stuff that I work on every single year. That first clip was Chiefs coach Andy Reid and then quarterback Patrick Mahomes. All right, Brooke. All right, Blair. You have attended two days of Chiefs minicamp. I've attended a fraction of those two days of Chiefs minicamp. Yeah, convenient timing, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, darn. Uh, But... On when this is where we are recording this on Wednesday, and uh, you will not be there Thursday. I will not. You've got a um, you're the you're the featured speaker at a convention in Florida. I, I'm really featured speaker by, feels like it's a little strong. I'm a panelist. Oh. I am one of many panelists. Oh, uh, oh, okay. I but you know what? If you want to call me featured speaker, Jackie McMullen is one of the featured speakers, and I am certainly not on her level. But sharing billing, however, I am. My name is on a program with hers <laughs> on the same page. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to the Association for Women in Sports Media. We have the convention every year. This year it's in Tampa. Uh, I'm pumped. I love going to Tampa. I go probably once or twice a year to visit friends. So now I'm going to go for work. Um, but that means that I am heartbroken that I will be missing the final day of minicamp. And uh, what uh, action-packed adventures should be? Um, no, not, <laughs> not, not really. Look, this is... What, last year the last day of practice was canceled, so... I didn't remember that. I do believe it was cut incredibly short. Was it a rainy day? Was, was no, I think Andy just gave. I, I do now that you mention it. I do yeah. remember that all of a sudden we were at the podium, like right. maybe an hour before we expected to be, and we'll be at the podium again tomorrow uh, with Patrick Mahomes. And tomorrow, I should say, on on uh, Thursday. Thursday. Yes, we we have been told by our producer Leah Becerra. <laughs> 
to uh, only date references here. Not today, not tomorrow, not yesterday. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yes. So so Thursday, we'll have Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Mitch Schwartz, who just made a, made a little bit of coin this morning signing an news. extension. Made some news, yeah. Nothing like news before minicamp uh, to come out. Um, but we did find out through his agent, Mike uh, McCartney, that Mitch Schwartz signed a one-year extension that will keep him in Kansas City through 2021. The one-year extension is worth $11.255 million, I believe, and the first two years are fully guaranteed. Making him, I believe, the second-highest paid offensive tackle in, in football. Second-highest paid right tackle. Right, yep. Is it right tackle? Right tackle, okay. yep. Well, look, he is, uh, if, if we're basing – uh, this contract on durability, no one deserves it more than Mitchell Schwartz. He has not missed a snap in his NFL career. He surpassed 7,000 consecutive snaps in a game, I think it was last November. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the exact number is, but he's... It's up he's, there. <laughs> he's beyond 7,000, which means he hasn't missed a game, hasn't missed a snap, and he made first team all pro a year ago. So he's coming off his best year. Kudos to, to Mitchell Schwartz, and congratulations to him for extending his his stay in Kansas City by a year. He originally signed in 2016 after after 4 years with the Browns. Uh, I think he signed a 5-year, 33 million dollar mm-hmm. deal when he originally and now um now they're paying him and that's 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 good to see. You know, it's interesting looking at uh Spotrack which keeps track of uh deals. Uh this is listing Mitchell Schwartz as being the third highest paid um, behind Trenton Brown and Jawan James, but I don't know if that changes in 2021. Okay, so let's. It let- may be he's he's up there. He's in the top three. But the point that I was looking at, I was looking at these rankings to see, you know, how much these guys are making. Given Mitchell Schwartz's durability, so Trenton Brown's averaging out to 16.5 uh, the next couple years. Honestly, I think Mitchell Schwartz could have made a lot more. I think that he took a very team-friendly deal, um, which, you know, he's made a lot of money in his career. He's had a very successful career. But I think this is one of those deals that he takes now with the Chiefs understanding that, hey, we've got to extend Patrick Mahomes next year. So we want to make sure that we get everybody paid, but we can't pay you, you know, Trenton Brown money because we've got this quarterback and – I mean, would you take a little bit of a, a cut or maybe a, it's not a cut because he's still got, you know, a raise, but would you take a little bit less to protect Patrick Mahomes or would you eventually want to walk to be in a system that, you know, or or protect a quarterback that isn't Patrick Mahomes? Or, or be part of a team that doesn't have as much potential. Right, exactly. That could be. Uh, that absolutely could be. So, um, uh, so Mitchell Schwartz made some news on, on Wednesday and – on Tuesday, so did uh, Chris Jones by by not attending by his, by his absence. <laughs> right, um, we we've talked about it several times in the past, but we we haven't talked about it in terms of him missing mandatory. It was right. He was missing voluntary. Right. Right now, these absences are costing him money. Are money. costing him money. Right. I think up to almost ninety thousand dollars. Yeah, eighty-eight thousand. He, he could lose by not showing up for the three days of of mandatory minicamp. And we, we've gone over this before. He's missing the opportunity to learn under, you know, new position coach, new defensive coordinator, many new teammates. You know, there there's that aspect of it. We, we, we haven't talked – I don't think any – his agent hasn't spoken, and Chris Jones hasn't spoken. So we don't know why this is happening. We can only assume it's, you know, 
you know, he's played three years in the NFL. He's in, he's in line for a, for a big contract, and apparently the, the, the talks between the Chris Jones camp and the Chiefs are not where the Jones camp wants them to be. Right. I have no idea where that is. I think a lot of people want to speculate that it starts with maybe Frank Clark money. And I think it starts with Frank Clark. I also think that Aaron Donald kind of set the tone for what defensive tackles, what elite defensive tackles could or should get paid in the league. And I kind of get the sense that that number is around $20 million, which is just, I, th- he's not going to get that money. Um, I think something between $17-18 million a year is probably more realistic, but... Um, you know, Ian Rappaport reported yesterday that the two sides weren't going to weren't going to negotiate. The Chiefs were not going to negotiate with Chris Jones until he came back to Kansas City. So at this point, it feels like you know what they'll get something done either right before or during training camp. I agree. In the in the recent examples of the Chiefs players missing this portion of practice. Uh, there was Eric Berry in in 2016. There was Justin Houston in 2015. I may have the years wrong, but it was that, it was that long ago. M- missing mandatory minicamp that they both ended up signing. Uh, in tr- I think Justin Houston signed before training camp, and Berry signed during training camp. They both started the season with the team. What's you know the the, the like the issue with this is, like I said, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot to learn for Chris Jones here with, with uh, with the new coordinator and the new coaches and the, and the teammates. So right. he is missing on that opportunity. And the other thing that you hear, and and I I don't know how true this is, but the other thing you hear is maybe the Chiefs weren't um, as they as they go back and forth as the Chiefs and and the and the Jones camp go back and forth. There was maybe a little bit of a disenchantment with Jones's ability to stop the run you know there was right you know, that may not be a strength of his he was you know, a great pass rusher and his sack total was tremendous last year with 15 and a half sacks led the, led the team and top three or four in the league so you just you hear this through rumors through uh, people who supposedly are in the know on Twitter about this I, I guess I don't know until we hear from Chris Jones and we hear from Brett Veach and the Chiefs I guess it's all left to speculation. Right, exactly. And I think that's that's about what we're going to have for a while. Um, I get the sense it's, it's, it is a bigger deal that he's missing mandatory minicamp than him missing OTAs, kind of like you said. Um, the amount of money that he's going to be fine is kind of negligible given the fact that, I mean, right now his base salary for next season is $1.2 million. 88 out of that is... A little bit more significant, but if he gets a deal anywhere close to what he wants, between seventeen and twenty million a year, ninety grand is just a drop in the bucket, and that's not going to affect him much. No, no, not at all. Um, and so that's you know I don't think a concern of his, but I do think, and I've brought this up earlier in the week that on some level, it's like there, there's two kind of schools of thought here. One. He needs to learn the new defense and some of the install. He also needs to establish his role as a leader when you've got other guys like Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew that are coming in. And this isn't, you know, this wasn't their team last year. And they're really big on taking leadership roles. And I think that Chris Jones, if he kind of joins that duo and they become a trio of like the three defensive leaders, that's huge. And it it also says a lot to the other guys that he's invested and and that he, you know, wants to be with the team. And he backs up the words that he told you at the Special Olympics thing in March that he wants to be in Kansas City for a long time. But then on the other side of it, 
he is woefully underpaid. You know, he's on a rookie deal. Given the talent that he has, you know, a base salary of $1.2 million next year is not much. He deserves so much more. And so, so his teammates, I'm sure some of them understand, hey, he needs to make sure that he can get paid and he needs to make a point by holding out and not going to camp. So two different thoughts there. Um, I'm sure that he's weighing both of those. And in the meantime, it's not like he's just sitting on his butt. He's training uh, in Miami. He's still getting work in, but he is missing some valuable team time. I I heard this from somebody whose opinion I really respect, um, that this may be, based on where Chris Jones is in his career and the way things have worked in the NFL, this may be not the last, but the best opportunity for Chris Jones to get this kind of contract, to make life-changing money and um and, and i i think you've got to you've got to play every card that you have and, and take full advantage of this opportunity that's presented to you you know any he, he's got to play i mean he's, he's gonna play he's, he's under contract so he'll play right. he'll play next year and the chiefs will have the option of if, if this doesn't work out if nothing gets done before the season and it, it'll have a, they'll have the opportunity to franchise tag him the following, you know, the following year, so they right. can keep him around. But maybe he's an unhappy, happy camper at that point. I, I don't know. Um, but it is a. It's interesting that minicamp has come and it's about to leave, and all we do is watch basically players in shorts run around. And the biggest story. Pajama practices. Yes. Yep. Pajama practices, and the biggest story is the the, the player who who isn't here. But. Speaking of the pajama practices, um, have you seen anything in the, in the two days that, that we've been out there that has wowed you and impressed you, disappointed you, influenced you? What what position group are you like? Are you looking at? You know, I have been a little underwhelmed by the offense, but I think also part of that is a product of the defense has looked really good. The DBs, in particular, you know, the safety position for as weak as it was a year ago is one of the strengths of this team now with with guys like Tyron Matthew. Juan Thornhill has been hurt. He's not participating in minicamp. So Dan Sorensen's been back there. Um, you've got guys like Armani Watts and Jordan Lucas. So you've got some depth there and you've got Tyron Matthew who can do everything. Um, the cornerback group, another pretty strong group with Kendall Fuller and Charvarius Ward and Bashad Breland. Well, and how about the two interceptions we saw today? Keith Reeser had two interceptions. Wednesday. Yeah. And yeah. Um, uh, granted, it was in seven on seven and it was off of Chase Litton and Chad Henney, but still... I mean, this is a guy that I, I think has a lot of upside, and they liked him a lot last year before he got hurt and was ultimately cut. Um, had a quick a quick stint in the AAF while that was still a thing. Um, and so him coming back is huge, and I think he could give this team some depth. Um, but on the offensive side, things that are kind of concerning, the tight end position is really scary, I think, if, if you're the Chiefs and you're looking at that room right now because Travis Kelsey isn't practicing. He's out there every day, but he's still working his way back from an ankle surgery. Um, Demetrius Harris left in free agency. You've got Dion Yelder. We haven't really seen anything from him. He's been dealing with a hamstring thing. And then you've got a bunch of new guys and David Wells and Blake Bell and John Lovett. And of that group, John Lovett's the one that's looked the most impressive. The Princeton quarterback turned tight end, H-back, fullback, you name it, kind of. Free agent signing. Yeah. Rookie signing. Yep, rookie signing. Um, And we've seen Lovett taking snaps with the first team, and that just shows you how depleted that group is. And I feel like when I notice the other tight ends, it's usually because there's been a drop ball. 
I mean, David Wells, bless his heart, just doesn't have hands. And he's primarily been a blocking tight end. Um, but Andy Reid likes to use that two tight end set where either one can catch a pass. And if you put David Wells in there, you know he's not going to catch it. So that's not a great option. But I, I get the sense that the Chiefs are still very much searching for a second tight end to, to be kind of right behind Travis Kelsey in the depth chart. I was thinking about this Wednesday as I was watching the offense that without Tyreek Hill out there and we're, we're not going to see him for a while, I suspect. I mean, nobody knows, but but he certainly hasn't been there since you know, OTAs and, and, and in rookie minicamp. Everybody moves up a peg, right? So mm-hmm. Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, uh, Gary Dieter, and Marcus Kemp. So the, the all the veterans move up one, and then we're seeing McCole Hardman and, and, and Byron Pringle. And, and of that group, the player who, who who has impressed me the most has been Byron Pringle. Mm-hmm. The the um, the non-veteran who has impressed me the most, and maybe it was just the one catch I saw today, was uh, was Thompson. Uh, Jody? Jody, Jody uh, Thompson. The, the Cody Thompson. Cody Thompson. Yes. The, the, the free agent uh, rookie from, uh, I think it was Akron or one of the Mac schools, went up really high to bring, bring down a, 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 a ball today. Um Really impressive, but as a group, as a group, I, I don't know. The reason Patrick Mahomes has looked a little bit, you know, a little bit off. I, I just think it's it's guys with new responsibilities, different roles, and it's it's going to take a little while, I think, for you know, for this to for this to happen. You know, yeah. For for this offense to to start clicking and, and we, you know, that'll be when we get to training camp, that'll be something to really keep an eye on. It really will because y- you wouldn't think that the offense would be the, the group that was struggling or the group that you're like, Ooh, what is going on? Um, you know, Mahomes had an interception today. He was targeting Carlos Hyde and Alex Okafor picked him off and it was a non-contact pick six, but it still wasn't great. Um, and so I, it's hard to, you know, when we talk about will Patrick Mahomes regress, what will he do in his second season, a lot of that depends on what he has around him. And right now, it's not – he needs the offense around him to step up to help him either maintain or elevate his game from last season. Speaking of Carlos Hyde, that's that's one big dude. He's a, he's a thick guy. and With two Cs. Thick with two yes. Cs, yep. Yep. Uh, he's, six, he's six feet – he's listed at 6'0", 229, and he, he looks – he looks Every pretty bit of filled it. out, and in, in, uh, even in without without the pads, I, I'll tell you what I I get that that Damian Williams is a starting running back, but I think I think Carlos Hyde's going to get he's going to get his carries, and he's been getting them a lot during training camp. Um, he was with the ones a lot uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, but yeah, especially Tuesday because Damian Williams wasn't participating in team drills, which I thought was interesting. And we, you know, to this point, well, as we're recording, haven't talked to Andy Reid yet, so we don't know what was behind that. Um, but Carlos Hyde on Wednesday was taking reps with the first team, second team, third team out there constantly. Um, he's a guy that we saw catching some passes. Um, we've seen him run the ball, but I think that he's going to be a good, versatile back right behind Damian Williams and can truck some people. You know, Damian Williams is a strong back, but Carlos Hyde is just thicker, takes up more space. Um, and I think that he's going to be a nice addition to this offense as long as he can continue to get back in shape because you do have to wonder about that durability. I mean, he he is thick, but is it an athletic thickness or is it an out-of-shape thickness at this point? You know, so he two years ago with the 49ers, his last year in, in San Francisco, he led the team, not not the running backs, but he led the team in receptions. 
and uh, with 59, and that that's a good sign for him to to as he wants to make this team and break through with at a position group that includes you know Daryl Damian Williams, Daryl Williams, and the and Darwin Thompson, the the draft choice. Who, you know, I I was talking to somebody earlier this week about Darwin Thompson. Apparently, Eric Bieniemy is on Thompson all the time, hmm. just just riding him, riding him, riding him. And I think the conclusion there is, if EB didn't like him, he wouldn't be doing this. So I exactly. think EB sees somebody who's you know small school, a little bit undersized, and and it's really pulling for Darwin Thompson, who he had some he, nice catches today. He did, and if he makes a team, I think special teams will be a big you know have a mm-hmm. have a role in this. The, the Dave Tobe factor for you know for for. Um, for Darwin Thompson. So, I don't know. Anything on the defensive side really stand out? We, we talked about the picks. Frank um, Clark has been getting after it. He has been, he has been aggressive. And, again, it's it's no contact, so there's only so much he can do because you're not going to let your $100 million player take out your MVP. But he's still been able to, I mean, just wreck uh, Eric Fisher a couple times, really gotten into the backfield. Um, I've been impressed with him. I've been impressed with Alex Okafor. Obviously had that interception today. It's been interesting to see how they've been using Tano Passigno. He's been on the interior a little bit, and I don't know if that's you know, something for the offensive line. They're trying to show them a look, or if they really do like him to that point that they want to mix him in there on the interior. Um, we've seen Breland Speaks a little bit. Uh, it's been Interesting seeing what they've done with Dorian O'Daniel. He's been kind of consistently running with a third team. Yeah, I noticed that today, uh, Wednesday, and was a little bit surprised. Um, and anybody who is, and, I've, and count me among them, who've started to wonder or maybe even give up a little bit on Reggie Ragland, he's mm-hmm. out there with the first team and, and spending a lot of time talking to coaches. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, he, he, and, he and Hitchens are out there together as middle and week, and We'll see what happens there. Long way to go. It's it's all a, a work in progress. This defense. Ragland had a pass breakup today, or Wednesday, I believe, in the uh, in the end zone, right at the end. They were working on red zone drill, yep. and I believe it was Mahomes that was looking for a guy in the back of the end zone, and Ragland jumped up and knocked it down. And that's something he couldn't have done last year. I mean, he basically had only had one functional knee, um, and I think that he's feeling a lot healthier at this point. So again, keep in mind it's pajama practice. Pajama it's practice. Men in shorts. Um, it, so, it, but it's football. But it is football, and um, the, the music is blaring out there. It so. is. We <laughs> so. had Old Town Road on uh, on Tuesday. Some more current music on Wednesday. We'll see what they go back to on <laughs> Thursday. These are the things that I really take note of uh, <laughs> while we're watching practice because the hours get long. One last little observation I'll make is I've never seen a team pull players away from a defense for one-on-one instruction as much as I've been seeing mm-hmm. with these, this, the Chiefs' defensive staff. And, look, he's talking to Darren Lee. Look, he's, he's talking to, you know, uh, Teran Matthew. Look, he's talking they're, – they're pulling guys out and doing a lot of one-on-one coaching with the players, which, uh, would, which is interesting. And, listen, we have talked to players uh, in each of, the, each of the days we've been out there afterwards – and everybody's going to say this. They love the new staff, and they bring more energy, and they bring fire. But we'll see how they feel about it in, in training camp. But the early returns are people are pretty happy with what they what they've seen with, from this new staff. Yeah, I think one of the things that's been the most telling that we've heard from the defensive players that we've talked to is how much easier this defense is to learn, um, and how much better the communication is. I mean, Charvarius Ward today uh, was asked 
what he thought about the defensive coaching staff, and he said it's a lot more communicating, a lot more teaching. It's a brand new defense, so everybody's learning right now. They're more enthusiastic and better teachers, which you could see Ward had potential last year, and he ended up starting three out of the last four games, but even he admitted afterward that there were some signals he didn't know, which is troubling when, you know, yeah, this guy missed preseason because he was with the Cowboys and got traded late, but by week 16, you should know the defense. But I think that the previous scheme just had so many wrinkles and nuances and they couldn't communicate it to the guys. And so you just kind of got guys that were lost and didn't know what to do. This defense feels like it's much more instinctual. It's very basic. Anthony Hitchens said the same thing yesterday that where he's playing, he's able to run more free um, and doesn't have to worry about dropping back as much. And I think that that's huge. Um, And so I think that if you've got the players happy and allow them to just make plays and don't don't have them try to overthink it, the coaches aren't overthinking it, the players aren't overthinking it, I think that's going to go a long way. All right. Good stuff, Brooke Pryor. And you have seen your last Chiefs practice until late July. I've pretty much completed now the full cycle because my first day on the job was the first day of training camp of 2018. I've now made it through mini camp of 2019. So yeah, yeah. So, well, so here comes the really good stuff of the off season. <laughs> yes, we the, made it. The well, we we laugh. A lot of the unexpected stuff that happens over the next six weeks until training camp that you uh, just when you just when you think you're on vacation and um, just when I post up in Tampa, <laughs> I'm sure something will happen. I I've been to a, a lot of these conventions and a lot of my memories of them are. Other NFL writers, Lindsey Jones, who's you know does amazing work. When she was with USA Today, my first convention was in Phoenix, and that was when I believe it was what a Von Miller DUI or drug test. I think he failed a drug test that broke while we were at Awesome, and her editor was there. So Lindsey has to work the story, and she just posted up by the pool and missed I think all the panels having to deal with this stuff. So. I hope that I do not have to join that tradition of having breaking news at Awesome, but, but if it happens, I'm ready I'm ready if it does, it, and I will charge my laptop and post up at the pool. Well, you have an awesome time in Tampa, <laughs> Brooke, and we will talk to you again soon. Sounds great. Links to the stories we discuss can be found in the show notes on facebook.com slash redzoneextra the Red Zone Extra app, and KansasCity.com, or you can read the newspaper. Thanks to producers Leah Becerra and Kathy Liu. This has been Sports Beat KC, a sports podcast presented by the Kansas City Star, and we'll be back soon to talk sports in Kansas City.